Hello and welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Kente, and we are joined by Silent Knight, PK. What's up, man? I'm okay. <laughs> so, sound like there was a variation to the name Solid Knight. I'm, I'm thinking, it makes me think of Solid Snake for a little bit. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. <laughs> and in, in case you're wondering, no Dio or Neon didn't turn into a woman. We are joined by the lovely and talented Shirley Martin. How you doing, Shirley? Oh, I'm doing good. Yes. I'm doing good. <laughs> so much better. The, you know, today we have uh, two guests that are women on the show. We have a woman co-host. You know, we're breaking up the testosterone on the show. Don't you think it's good? That's right. Yeah, oh, so. You asking me? We need that. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah. Um, um, a little estrogen never hurt anybody. No, not at all. Not at all. So, you know. The beat's going well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first of all, I have to, to say, uh, you know, this has been a crazy week. It is hot as heck. You know? Oh, my God. Oh. Man, it's so hot. I mean, I'm sweating. I wouldn't know I have an air conditioner. <laughs> See, in, in L.A., we, we don't. We don't, um, a lot of us don't have that because, you know, the weather's usually pretty good, you know, you, you don't really need it. It's not necessary, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's hot. It's hot in her. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, I yeah. can only imagine because it, it's been hot over here too, but most of us haven't been feeling it too much because we've been staying indoors for different reasons uh, besides mothers, but um, I'm agreeing with you. I'll go out for them just to peek out, get the mail, and all of a sudden the breathing pattern changes. It's that hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, man, PK, what you been up to this last week? Um, I have been mostly doing some uh, some writing of uh, again, and and both of them have been on like different variations of of the sci-fi market but there's also been one little editorial that is based off something that me and a few other people that that this editorial applies to what would affect and it's my own personal top five list of things that you don't want to do to you don't want to say towards tall people big and tall people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's written in in uh kind of a kind of inspired by a couple of crack.com editorials that I, I've been reading lately I was like you know what this is a subject that I've been sitting on for a while and only because I didn't know how to deliver it mm-hmm. 
the way the way they were doing things on there, I'm like, you know what? This makes sense to me because I have a couple of things written in this style already. Why not dip back into that? And it's almost done. It's it's got its moments of satire and definitely my own little brand of wit. <laughs> and, and I'm probably going to see if if anything can be done about just like it'll either end up in a blog or maybe see if somebody can adapt it into some sort of of machinima. So should I take it as this is the top ten reasons, top ten things that will get you knocked out by a, a bigger tall guy? Uh, most likely. I mean, I'm, I'm only I'm only focusing on the five. Uh huh. Five. And, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And they're they're yeah. It's con- I, and I'm consolidating it to five because there, there's a couple of them that do have like offshoot versions, like sub <laughs> sub genres, mm-hmm. you can say. And I, of course, I'm not going to reveal what they are just yet. Okay. That's going to be the draw. <laughs> so what is your height? What's your cutoff height as far as like being in your club? Because, you know, you're six foot seven, right? Yeah. So like, you know, if a six, if a six foot guy is all like, yeah, I know what you mean. You'll be like, get out of here. You don't know what I mean. Like, you know, <laughs> like what is your cutoff? <laughs> Because I'll give you an example is you'll know some some women who, you know, are plus size, right? Right. And and so they'll have, like, you know, plus size models. And, you know, a lot of, like, really plus size women will be like, oh, no, she's not one of me. She's not no plus size. (laughs) You know, like, they'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, she's not in the club, you know? Right. So so what would be your club, you know, as far as tall tall guy? Like, what... It's the cutoff. Now, well, one thing I should mention is that this this applies to the tall females as well, the big and tall females that are mm-hmm. out there, because I'm pretty sure they get it just as bad as the males. However, uh, with this um, with the cutoff for me, I would say five eleven, but more like six six foot. Even it's they're right next to each other, so why not? Um, I would I would say that because they you don't see that many six foot people, but anything above that, they're clearly going to get heat. Because I remember seeing someone that was above me one night, and even though I lo- I was well, with my peripheral vision looking at him like holy crap. Because <laughs> he was also a lot, he was also much larger as well. But what, 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 the first thing that really came to mind, and rightfully so, because of vehicle issues, was what the hell type of car is he driving? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, like the sunroof or something. He just head is just sticking out of it. Yeah, but... <laughs> Like what's a what's a what's a regular vehicle to like regular sized people? It looks like a go kart to him. <laughs> All right, I I have a question for you, um, uh, Shirley. Uh, if you don't mind, how tall are you? Me? Mm-hmm. I'm five foot even. 
Five foot even. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, all right. Now, I, I'm i going to assume, because most shorter women, they prefer taller guys. But I'm not talking about taller. Like, if, you, if she's like four foot seven, you know, sometimes they'll be like, you would think, you know, a five foot five guy would be, you know, just the ticket, right? Mm-hmm. No, they want like six, seven, seven feet. Right. <laughs> Some crazy right. things. I, I, I drop a little bit of that in there too. Like, here's the things that not not to put uh, not to bother them with, unless you happen to be hot and trying to come on to. Them. <laughs> so you're gonna drag me into this what now? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what would, what would, what would, okay, I've dated tall guys and short guys, so it doesn't yeah. matter to me. It's more the personality that matters to me. Oh, oh sure enough. Well, you know, I wouldn't date a creepy-looking guy. I mean, I do, I do <laughs> have standards. Uh, so, so Monk is out of the question. That sucks. <laughs> and we can, and we can, I'm three steps in. Yeah. If there's somebody that you get on the bus and everybody moves to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you're probably not my type. <laughs> We could beat up Monk and uh, DL because they're not here today. So and Neon as well. So you know, you know how we do. We like to stab people in the back when their back is turned to us. <laughs> oh, should, and speak of the devil, <laughs> DL entered the chat room. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, man, you say his name. He's like Candyman. You say his name, he appears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing: we didn't say his name three uh, times. I... I think I said so. Someone must have did the third one. Mm -hmm. That's so funny too about about uh, Candyman. I know some people like I think how many times you supposed to say his name? Like three or five? Is it? Yeah, I'm going to talk about this, and there's like 20 mirrors in my house. Yeah, like Bloody Mary. I know some. (laughs) They won't let you say the last Bloody Mary. They will. They will almost beat you down because they're like a you know like she'll appear or something you know. I don't right. care. I'll, I'll do it right now during the show. Well, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I see that movie. It doesn't turn out good. <laughs> hey, it'll be huge ratings. A host gets killed on the show, but I won't be able to enjoy it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. Yeah. Because the next thing you know, if you do it and you really have the cutoff, mm-hmm. and let's say it, it really is a power outage and you can't get back on. Imagine how we'll feel on the other <laughs> end. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that'd be just too not right. I will run out to the roommates. This shit is real! We gotta go! <laughs> <laughs> So does it work the same way for guys? Because, I mean, speaking of scary stuff, if you have a bunch of girls sitting around like a campfire, you know, like out in the middle of the woods or at a campground Mm -hmm. or something like that, and somebody tells a scary story and somebody's like, hey, what's that? Everybody will start seeing stuff and hearing stuff. Yeah. Because everybody's going to have that that little thing in the back of their head. Like, yeah, what if? Like something real could go down. One person, one person might hear some rustling. Another person might hear like something that really scared them in their own childhood or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. Does any one of you guys have any kind of uh, things you guys were afraid of, maybe as a kid? That maybe you still have it today. Hmm. Let's see. Well, one thing I can think of, and I've been come to terms with this, and I still feel it's it's comedic. But at the same time, when I was a kid, this shit was frightening. Now. There was some there was some um, old cartoons that were produced by Marvel Comics that had this this uh, at the end they would have this CGI uh, really well done CGI thing Spider Man jump out into like the, the Marvel production logo hmm. that thing was the <laughs> most frightening piece of animation. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to search for it right now and put it in the chat room. This thing is like, I, I looked at it, was it this year? I mean, even last year. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, the, only, the only reason the fear is coming back was remembering how scared I was. But thinking about it now, grown as hell and seeing some real shit <laughs> that I won't get into. Um, I'm looking at it like this is impressive for 1985. Wow. Like, like, as far as the animation quality goes, you'll see what I mean in a moment. <laughs> what about you, Shirley? Do you have, was there anything that... Uh, closed closet doors creep me out at night. Because <laughs> my sisters used to hide in the closet <laughs> when I was a kid, and I'd go to go to bed, and they'd jump out and run and grab me. Oh, yeah, that was not a fun experience. Spiders mm. don't like spiders. They're creepy. Mm. Um, yeah, and those are from a lot of B-grade horror movies that I watched when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> you know something that Sorry. scared me as a kid? I mean, not something I was scared of, but it, it, it was scary at the time, was um, at Universal Studios. This is like years ago because I was a kid. They had, um, they had the Transformers were there mm. at Universal Studios. You know, all dressed up in the suits. You know, like like when if you would go to Disneyland, they had you know uh, Mickey and those people. So I couldn't wait to go because I was a huge Transformers fan. So I went right. there, and you know they had the kids lined up to take pictures with Optimus Prime. And when it was my turn, Optimus Prime all of a sudden scared the crap out of me because the dude had a deep <laughs> voice and he was like. Pah! you know, and all of that, and I was like, uh-uh. I was like, I don't want to take a picture with him. <laughs> I got, like, the hell up out of there. He, like, scared the crap out of me, you know, and I was like a, uh, um, I was like a big fan of, you know, of it, but nah, not that day. That dude was scary. I was mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, I, I hightailed it up out of there. I'll tell you, one thing that still creeps me out is, uh, like, okay, you go out, get in your car, and it's dark, you're gonna go down the store, Mm. Okay, being alone in my car, like in a van, because I had a van for a while, and I'd always, you know, look to make sure there's nobody in the vehicle (laughs) when I got in. Well, I'm kind of with you on that. Sometimes you just want to look around the car and make sure there's nothing in the dark corner. Yeah, and I think that's from a lot of horror movies, you know, somebody be in the backseat and grab you. Right, well, back to my... The backseat of my soon-to-be former car is too cluttered to have anybody back there, but watching someone hiding under it. 
Yeah, and I think it's because I live out in the country, so it's darker than the city. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no yeah. lights. Oh, man. Well, I have somebody perched out in the house. <laughs> I, all, all that I said is to, to bring up, you know, uh, this point is what is it possible, do you think, to do scary machinima? I'm not talking about actual, you know, not... You know, they have the horror movies that are not really scary. But do you think, is it possible to make something frightening to where you got to, like, watch it with half of your face in, in tucked into your shirt just in case when the stuff jumps off, you know, you think it's possible with, you know, some of the programs like iClone, Movie Storm, yeah. movies? I oh. think it is because the scary movies rely a lot on sound. Mm-hmm. And if you have enough sound to draw the person in to make them believe that it's real, you can scare them. That's right. Um, you know, uh, was it was it Joseph Kwong who did um, the uh, I can't remember what the name of the uh, the movie was, but it was horror and had a chick like crawling on the ceiling. Oh, The Calling. Yeah, that creeped me out. I mm. mean, not to the point where, you know, I'd have nightmares, but I think if you, you know, if he had added more sound to it to make it scarier, I think it probably could have. You know, you need the lighting. Um, if you if you have something like After Effects uh, where you can um, add better lighting, you can add uh, morphs, you know, uh, where a face can turn into a demon uh things like that and you have good sound i really think you could pull it off but you know you'd have to work at it you know that would be a good contest to do you know machinima do like a five minute machinima that's scary like actually scary not funny Mm -hmm. not tongue-in-cheek but you know the winner would like it it would have to be something that scared the shit out of people you know to where the judges is like, man, I couldn't watch that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to cut that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think that would be a good contest. Yeah. I think the closest yeah, it would be definitely like one that almost uh, had me scared in that way was um, was Mafuni's uh, Samaya. Oh yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. And it was not only because like. The audio was good in that, but the the uniqueness of the visuals, as far as the like the the demon itself in there, was just simple, but it was haunting at the same time. It was very like you could just know that there was something really wrong with this thing, (laughs) and and that it 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 was believe it wasn't extravagant. It wasn't like some R.A. Salvatore type of creature that, that you'd expect to fight, have like eight life bars and you're fighting against it for experience points. But <laughs> it was something you could see like a, a regular human just like dress up as even. And, and that alone kind of messed with him. There was even one shot in there uh, where the main character, the soldier, he's he's still in the well, and 
it's a it's kind of a close up shot of himself, just uh, still in the moment of despair, and he bends down, and right there is the is the demon behind him smiling, and it's like, whoa, you don't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If if you use you know the horror tricks that face popping up in the mirror, you know, uh, mm-hmm. behind a person, um, the thing crawling on the ceiling. I think it can be done in Machinima. Yeah. Mm. What do you think is the best software though to pull it off? Of the ones that in the, our community <sighs> mainly use. Well. You know, um, you can do it in Movie Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could do it in iClone too. And you know, I'm sure you could do it in Second Life. It's just uh, it, the camera angles. You know, with horror, you have to be very careful because you you can't you have to keep the audience as part of the movie. If if you you know, mm-hmm. if you break that spell, it's not going to work. Right. So I'll just so, be looking at it as a movie versus when trying to trying to be in the shoes of that person. Like mm-hmm. whether they're doing smart things or dumb things, you want to believe uh, in the fear that these characters are, or just the one character in some cases. That they're feeling. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta hold the audience's attention. So you gotta be real careful with your your camera shots. Um, you know, you're not gonna want anything that's not absolutely necessary to the story in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want any boring parts. <laughs> right. And and, def- and there's also the definite less is more option as well. Like yeah, you can, yeah. you can just play up on the the person the, the the audience's own fear. Like you don't have to show whatever the the horrific threat is, whether it's human or supernatural or alien, and just really mess. Yeah, with the, the audience, audience has to believe that it's going. You know, it could happen to them. See, right. The, the thing about well, movie storm would be that. Unless you use green screen, you really can't put any monsters in it. So that kind of makes it. If you want to use a monster as the the uh, thing that gets you afraid. Yeah, you definitely need a, an outside, you know, effects program like uh, After Effects or, mm. um, you know, something like that. That you could do green screening. Um, you could do, you know. More than what you can do in these programs, because I mean, even iClone, uh, you can put the person anywhere, but to do effects like that, mm. like face melting, you know, uh. realistic type of effects, you're going to need another program. Face melting, that always gets me, like uh, Indiana Jones, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember that shit, that did kind of freak me out. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, well, well, that's something that we need to uh, to think about. 
But he says, you don't need a... DL says, you don't need to show the monster. You have a monster in Movie Storm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what monster? Yeah, movie and, there, you know, you could, you could no do a horror movie there. where there is no monster. No, I'm saying if you wanted where, to a monster. So. Yeah. yeah. Where the, the character could think there's one, but you don't have to show it. I prefer but that would be more of a psychological thing. So right. I, because I can I can think of one example where I don't want to say what movie it is, but uh, just in case anybody wants to see it, but there uh, there's a plot where this lady is is with this guy and is, they believe together. She at first doesn't believe him, but then. She starts realizing, oh crap, maybe this is real. That there is something inside of them, and and it and they are basically patient zero together. And if yeah. they and they go outside, they're gonna infect the entire world. So the only way to do themselves in, well, certainly just burn the place down. And. In the end, you're still wondering whether it was real, but there's still also that that sense like, wow, they were crazy. <laughs> but, Nothing was really going on. DL says that I misread his uh, message. Is He said you don't have to show the monster. That's true. You don't have to show the monster. But yeah. I want to see the monster. <laughs> I, I want to see it. Well, look, look, that's, that's what I was saying before <laughs> with, um, uh, with the less is more thing, because you can you can go without like imagine how interesting Cloverfield would have been if you didn't know what the monster looked like. Mm. Yeah. Like you got you got glimpses left and right, but when uh, up until that point towards the end, where they get that that worm's eye view of its face and most of its body, yeah, you're still kind of in the dark. Like yeah, it's a little outrageous, giant monster. And all that, but at the same time, it's a little haunting to know that not only this thing is terrorizing the city, but also has minions. Oh, shoot. Sorry about that. Sorry. Minions. I want and some even, minions. And even at that point, you, <laughs> there's still the sense of where this thing come from. Is this man made? Is it alien? Is it something unearthed from thousands of years, millions of years of sleep? What is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, Shirley, I want minions. You got minions, don't you? Minions? Mm-hmm. Only a few. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the series is running. That's right. <laughs> it depends on who's on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you have them in your, your modders workshop. Right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I have those there too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by our first guest, uh, Brandy Montes, and a little bit later, we'll be joined by our second guest, Erica Hughes. So Ken, take it away. Away.
the spotlight ladies and gentlemen i'm silent night unfortunately or am i silent i don't know anymore i'm here with our guest shirley martin hello shirley hello and of course the ringmaster himself kente what's up (laughs) what's up man before we get to our guest a quick shout out to the chat room and a quick thank you to everybody listening that's not logged in. Thanks to the ones that are. To Animatechnica, Ben Tuttle 90, Brandy, D.L. Watson. Hey, what the hell are you doing in the chat room and you're not on the... We're going to talk to you about that. <laughs> Darth Angelus, who has a little something special for us after the show. Details about that soon. E. Hughes, who will be on the show in a little bit. Floyda, Groucho Beer, Honey, of course, Kente, La 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 La, that's brand new. On Web, myself, RGR, SD Roots, Tara Lynn, Warlord, and WX Ivan. Thanks for coming out. Keep the scene alive, baby. All right. Thank you. A little bit later, we'll be joined by Erica Hughes, uh, writer, filmmaker. But uh, I would like to introduce our first guest. She is a PR and consultant um, for Stuck On uh, 3D, as well as Mankind Tracer, who's a very talented musician, Brandy Maltis. How are you doing, Brandy? Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. So first, you know, one thing we love to do is the show... You know, we usually film it in Second Life, um, and Second Life has become a part of the show in a roundabout way. So the thing is, when we have people that come from that world, we like to ask them, how did they first get involved with the with Second Life? Well, I came into Second Life three years ago, and um, when I first came in, I decided that this was the place for me. I wanted to do stuff. I wanted to be productive. And within the first month, I was working for an art gallery. And it all proceeded on from there. At the art gallery, I ended up managing the whole sim. From the sim, I managed businesses for the owner, um, his other endeavors. And then I got into um, event management. And I now manage several venues. Then huh. it was musician management and PR and marketing. Now, um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the musicians that you manage, but I want to first start off with uh, Spot On 3D. Um, for those who are, who are not familiar with Spot On 3D, please uh, tell them. Well, Spot On 3D is another virtual world outside of Second Life. Um, currently, it's open sim based. It's just starting to grow, but they've taken a lot of time to make sure that it was really stable and really put together right, so the users can come in and have a great first experience. Now, what's the difference between Spot On and Second Life? Well, Spot On, like I said, is open sim based. It's based off of the old client, um, the viewer 
looks like the old version of the viewer from SL, the 1.23. And it's independently owned. Um, the founders are Tessa Harrington and Stephen Lieberman. So you only have two founders there, and it's not some huge company. But Stephen, he is an IP attorney, and mm. so it's been very, very important to them to protect content creators. So they're one of, one of the worlds that will do the most to help protect content creator rights. Now, what would you say, now if I'm a person that's already in Second Life, what would be the uh, main reason for me to even going into to Spot On? I'm sorry, could you say that again? You're cutting out. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. If if a person who's already a member of a virtual world like Second Life, um, why would they want to go to Spot On 3D? What would be the advantages of that? Well, let's start with the content creation. Um, there's been a lot of debate in Second Life about IP rights and what's legally yours, and people are have come in and there's copy botting and spot on has done a lot to protect that all content that is for sale is on the web on their marketplace and they've set up a system where they can if there's any debate over content they've set up a virtual court system where you can go and it's legally binding just like a regular court also, there's, the grid is very, very stable. There's practically no lag. Sims are a lot less expensive there. For what you're getting in SL for 300 USD a month, you can find it much cheaper. And we can host more people per region. So if you have a big event that you want to do, instead of just having 60 people to 80 people and you can't move, you can have 125 people and you're still moving around and able to communicate. Okay. Now, um, now, how many people are roughly in there? Um, one thing that, that's the advantage of Second Life is that there's a lot of users. Uh, how many users are in Spot On currently? You know, I don't have the current number on that. I do know it's growing. In part, um, because we have partnered up with Phoenix Viewers, so that brought a lot of people in. We're doing music programs there. Every week we have live musicians. This week we'll have The Follow and Alistair Westland. So it's constantly growing. It's not huge right now, but it's constantly growing. We're seeing a steady influx of new residents. Yeah, because, you know... Um... Uh, those who started with um, Second Life a long time ago, they like to talk about the days when they could walk around for days and not see anybody. And look, mm -hmm. it grew. <laughs> you know, it grew. Yeah, it did. So, so you know, it, I guess these are the, the beginning days for it. Um, right, so, we all have to start somewhere. So um, now what exactly is uh, your role with the company? I do PR and music booking with the company. Um, all of the acts that come through, I'm the one who's out here scouting and bringing them in. I guess I, you could call me the manager for the Music A Jam program. And then I do all of the social media PR through Facebook, Twitter, all those different places. And within Second Life. 
Now, um, one thing that's great about uh, Second Life is that, you know, people are making machinima in that virtual world. Is uh, Spot On a good place to uh, make machinima? Absolutely. Um, there's Sims set up. There's also what is being developed called Hot Swap, where there's going to be full Sim builds set up, and you can just swap out one region for another, and you might have an industrial park with one sim, and you want to swap that out for, say, a forest. And those are already made up, pre-programmed, and all you have to do is leave the sim, come back a few minutes later, and it's switched out for you. Oh, wow. So you definitely, um, there's less setup time for using that kind of thing. All right. Now, um, uh, another question about Spot On is um, the process of getting an account. Um, you know, is there a fee? You know, um, what do you have to do? And where do you go? Well, a PG account is free forever. You go to um, www.spoton3d.com and you register your avatar name and then you create your key account. And your key account allows you to have multiple avatars under that account. And say you have a 16-year-old that wants to come into Spot On, they are only allowed to have an account under your key account. That way it allows for more parental control. Right. And there's specific um, PG regions and mature regions because they're very serious about protecting children. Yes. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of things in the virtual world that children need to be protected from. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I imagine uh, they have similar things like that as, as the Second Life, the adult, more adult-themed stuff. Um, there's not a ton of adult content yet. Um, mm -hmm. there, there hasn't been that need. But as things grow, we're not going to stay blind and say, oh, no, there will never be adult content here. Of course there will. You know, eventually that will be there, too. But we're making it so it's protected, you know, that the kids don't get there. Yeah, yeah and there's, there's a place for everything. So. Absolutely. All right, so now... Um, now, we mentioned uh, Mankind Tracer is one of your clients. Um, tell the audience about who he is and what he does. Well, Mankind Tracer, he is not only the musician that I manage, he's also my business partner and my best friend. <laughs> he's been performing in Second Life for over four and a half years. He is the top performer. He opens up for all of the SL functions like SL8B, he just did the kickoff for that, Winterfest, Burning Life, all those big SL events. And, and uh, uh -huh. go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, he is my only musician that I manage. Now, uh, um, I've decided to manage him exclusively. And what kind of music does he perform? Rock, originals and covers. Yeah, I uh, that guy, he has something like a hundred covers that he can perform. Oh, there's over a hundred. Just <laughs> yeah. on a song list. There's more in his head. I mean, he's 
a thousand. Well, I, can, I can I can cover about seven thousand, but I don't think <laughs> I doubt if one of them anybody wants to hear. <laughs> I know, right? I don't sing either. I just tell people, yeah, you want to go home. But he is amazingly talented. Now, a couple of people in the chat room know you by another name. Um, you might want to just clear that up. Yes. Um, in Second Life and all virtual worlds, I'm known as Callie Berman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the reason for the name change, because I've been asked this question quite a bit. I've been trying to transition people over to my real-life name, because SL is my real job. I work full-time in Second Life and Spot On, and I meet with real businesses, and it's a real job for me, so why wouldn't I want to use my real name? That's right. Yeah. So, you know, the, I know the, the problem that uh, a lot of us have with it is the whole uh, the Google the Google issue, you know, that, you know, some of our real-life stuff will get uh, mixed in with that. I mean, and uh, PK, you, you, that's something that you've uh, worried about too, right? Uh, um, quite a bit, but as time has went on, it's been it's been a more of a comfort thing, especially with uh, matters of trying to transition from um, from doing doing it for fun, doing stuff for fun into actual uh, into actual professional work, and and it's it's a much longer story to get into, but yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't always mean that can't go by a different name at some points, but there's a difference between going by a name that sounds like a government name versus going <laughs> by a screen name, such as right. like Ladies Man 167. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're, 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 your application's not going to look too good. <laughs> I don't know what certificate that even has that. Well, also, um, part of the reason for the transition, as well as I'm going to be moving to San Diego next year to help mankind with his real-life touring, and to be taken seriously as, you know, to show my history and my experience, using my real name is very important there. Now, there's another project that uh, you're involved with, which uh, I, I had a chance to visit. Um, it's a, uh, a club within SL um, called uh, The Village. Can you talk about that? Well, The Village is actually our quarter sim build. It's based off of 1970s Greenwich Village, and Mankind is my business partner in this. Mm -hmm. And he's originally from New York City, and this was always one of his dreams to have in Second Life. So we had to make it happen to fulfill that dream. And we have... Um, shops that it's home to the top SL designers like House of Our Fire, Giza, Paris Metro, Trebo, Bliss Couture, Vogue, Black Lace, and Mary Jane Shoes. And then our venue there is called Club Graffiti. It's inspired nice. by one of the most famous clubs in Greenwich Village, CBGB's, oh. which is where the whole punk movement started in the 70s. They had Musicians through such as like David Bowie, the Ramones, Blondie, Talking Heads. It was a new revelation in music. Um, Mankind himself did play there before they closed as well. 
Yeah, it's a fantastic sim. It looks excellent. It even has like uh, stuff in the uh, the bathroom. Looks like a New York you know, uh, club bathroom, you know, with, uh, Oh yeah. 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 We have, it's, it's all grungy and there's beer bottles on the floor and yeah. we've given it a lot of personality. It was, um, my SL brother, Emil, who built the club for us, but then we added the small details like, um, the steaming sewer vents and <laughs> the beer bottles and the ashtrays overflowing with cigarettes and, you know, there was an animation like too in the in the bathroom. Yeah, there is. You can um, get beat up in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's New York right there. <laughs> <laughs> and we have like a broken down taxi down one of the alleyways. Oh man! Um, but we also we host live music there. Mankind performs every Sunday night at 9 p.m. SLT. And then throughout the week, we have one or two other live musicians that perform. Yeah. And we're also going to be starting other events there at the Sim, like some DJ events. And we're going to be hosting a monthly art in the park. And I do a monthly poetry open mic. Yes. And um, what kind of poet are you known to be? Well, typically... um, I write romantic and erotic poetry. I write some general poetry, but my genres lie mostly in romantic and erotic. Yes, and and uh, before we say goodbye to you, you're going to be sharing with us some of your poetry. Absolutely. Yes. Now she offered us, you know, whether general, romantic, or erotic. And I was so tempted to say erotic, but, you know, I don't know if, if it'll get past the censor. So, <laughs> you know, it's up to the guy <laughs> with the big red button who's uh, controlling <laughs> but, uh But she said that she will read uh, one of her general poems. So, But, uh, you know, when when you say erotic, how erotic does your poetry get? Um, my erotic poetry is everything from just a little bit sexy to to very erotic and I see it as an expression um, of my sexuality in artistic form okay so I'm wearing glasses right now will they be steaming up by the end of it <laughs> no I'm, I'm going to read one of um, my general poems not anything naughty today uh well, you know, it's funny. The chat room is saying they want to hear the erotic, of course. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of pervs. Well, they're, go they're and go to her to, site and read it. <laughs> they're going to have to come to my poetry readings then. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. Take that. Take that. <laughs> I want very if erotic. If they want to get in touch with me in Second Life <laughs> to find out when my poetry readings are, just I am me anytime. Callie, K-A-L-L-I, Berman, B-I-R-M-A-N. Okay. Now, before before we um, go to your poetry, you know, this is a filmmaking community, and I have to ask you, um, have you done any voice acting before? I have not. I've been approached about various projects, but I keep super busy, so it's been really hard and I also have children here at home, so mm-hmm. it makes it hard for me to record oh. when you know you've got little ones running around. 
especially a four-year-old. The older ones, I can manage to, you know, get them to stay in their rooms while I do stuff. But with the four-year-old, I have to do anything like that after he's in bed at night. Oh, okay. So would, so would you be open to it? Absolutely. If yeah. the right project came along. All right. Well, the right project or one of mine, right? <laughs> that's it. You know it. I, you know, I'm, I'm always got to, you know, I have to use the show to, you know, get my little agenda across. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like putting a girl on. You haven't had enough of that before. Oh, wink, yeah. Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. She must plug. <laughs> All right. So, um, Miss Brandy Maltus, a.k.a. Uh, Callie Berman, um, please uh, share us, share with us your poetry. Okay, um, the poem that I'm going to read for you is actually something I've written in the last couple days. It's called Laying Here. And it was inspired because I had my avatar laying in my house across the back of the couch. And she, she was laying there all alone and looked kind of lonely and this poem just kind of came to my mind and I sat down and I wrote it and it came all out in 15 minutes so it's called laying here my emotions tumble stumble through the dark walking in the night waiting for my light to make his way home laying here forsaken feeling like I'm breaking looking at your place only an empty space now on the couch Changing the routine, moving in between the grooves of life. All I see is strife when you are gone. The rain keeps falling in my heart, longing to have you back with me. My heart set free to sing once again. I'm struggling with feeling the ideas of being away from you for keeps. Not taking the leap to move on yet. You know how I long, how I want to belong in this world with you. What should I do? You have my heart. I weep and I cry, feeling my insides die, internal twist and writhe. My heart pays a tithe because it's with you. I need to know for sure when you walked out the door, your bags all packed, my heart hacked. If the bitch was worth it, and that's the end of that one. Oh, nice! Thank you. Standing ovation. <laughs> snaps all around. Snaps all around. Yeah, nice. Especially that hard ending. Like, mm. Well, it's the first one in a series. I've decided after I wrote that it really told a story that needed to go on. So there'll be more to yeah. that story. I wonder right. when that happens too. Maybe we can have you on again to share with us the continuation of the story. That's right. Absolutely. Thank we you. We could do like a whole poetry hour if you want to. Hey, you know what? That's a good idea, actually. That is. Yeah. You hear that, folks? If you, if you guys have poetry you want to share on the show, you know, we, we have to set up a show doing that. That's a great idea. Yeah. In fact, it'll be, a, it'll be like our own trap in the closet, only good. <laughs> Big shout out to R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Brandy, for coming on the spotlight. Um, 
if now if anyone wants to find out more about the different projects that you're involved with, how would they go about doing that? They would either um, I am me in Second Life mm-hmm. as Callie Berman, K A L L I B I R M A N, or they could email me brandy at sethregan.com. All right. And um, your event that's coming up this weekend? My event. Poetry. My poetry event? Mm-hmm. No, no. We had one last weekend, and so next month we'll be having another poetry Oh, event. it's next month. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to do it. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by our next guest, Erica Hughes. And Ken, take it away.
Hello, and welcome back to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Kente, and I'm here with, of course, PK, Silent Night. What's up, man? Hey, I'm back, everybody. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, Neon, as well as DL, is uh, not with us today, and we're joined by the lovely Shirley Martin. Where's the donuts? You said there's <laughs> the donuts. <laughs> and, uh, this, you can't promise that, man, and not... not not have it. I mean, I'm sorry. Monk had the donuts, and Monk, you know, was didn't come, so he took the donuts with him. So we got some. This is you're gonna have to get wait till after the show because we know how you act with sugar. <laughs> what? Hey, hey. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and uh, <laughs> a little programming note. This will be uh, we are gonna take a hiatus after this show. Uh, we're coming back on uh, July 14th. So uh, we won't, there won't be any spotlights for about three weeks. So that's a little programming note. But um, we are joined by Erica Hughes. How are you doing, Erica? I'm good. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Um, now, you are a, a writer, a filmmaker. Um, the poison that you, you used to use uh, is uh, Movie Storm, as I like to refer to it. <laughs> um, First of all, before we get into your use of Movie Storm, um, how did you get involved in Machinima? I um, got involved with that through my website. Um, you want to turn down your radio? My uh, website, um, ScreenwritersDaily.com. Uh, I do a lot of research on animation and how to make it and uh, create it and things like that. And um, it kind of worked out that I was researching uh, for for some of the people that I worked with uh, through the website, um, doing some consultation and just helping people put pitches together and uh, things like that. Um, when what happened is um, I stumbled across Movie Storm, and uh, just from there, kind of tried it out a little bit, and um, everything just kind of went from there. Now, what sold you on using Movie Storm? Well, I, I found the interface uh, extremely easy to use. Um, that was the most important thing. Now, a lot of the people who were uh, writing into ScreenwritersDaily.com, they they were reading articles that I, uh, I that were on the website, and they would inquire, "How can I do this? How can I do that? Um, how do I get animation? I'm not an artist, uh, but I'm a writer." And um, so I knew that they wouldn't have the technical skills to kind of develop the program uh, or really use a program, uh, you know, that's, you know, um, that animators would typically use. So I thought, okay, well, let me give this a try to see if there is something that they could do with it. You know, if it, it'll be easy for them to use. And I found it uh, extremely easy. And so it, it just kind of went from there. How long did it take you to... Um to well i guess it, i don't want to say master but get to feel comfortable with using the program probably within minutes um because i have, I have a background in software and in film and uh editing uh from having worked at sony and you know they put us through a lot of strenuous um you know uh training courses every week while i was there because uh, i worked for their software uh editing department with um uh, which was uh, for Vegas Pro and Acid and Soundforge. So I had a really strong background with that. And then I, I'm just, um, 
you know, I'm just inclined that way, you know, to, to, to use those type of programs. So it was fairly easy for me. I, I got the concept right away. Uh, it was a matter of, okay, how do you make this artistic? Uh, what initially started as kind of a, um, you know, just something to kind of test a program out. I thought, you know, this is kind of fun. Let's see what I can do with it. So if if I have any issues with uh, Sony Vegas, I could just go to you? You can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't use anything beyond 8.0, though. So. Oh, okay. That's good to know. But oh, enough yeah, of the man. personal stuff out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 2020 AD is a... Uh, a project that I, I, I've heard a lot about. Um, tell the audience uh, about it and, you know, how did this come about and um, what's the plot of of it? Well, um, 2020 AD is a uh, sci-fi um, animated movie, and it was just kind of something I picked out of a hat. Um, it was kind of a test project. It was a matter of, huh, what can we do with this animation software and what can I create from it? And what started as kind of a, a you know, just me testing the program out, it turned into, it just got kind of serious. You know, um, I brought some uh, guys in that would help me do the, the um, voiceover. And it initially started as something that was supposed to be about 15 minutes long. And uh, I just wasn't happy with 15 minutes. So then it turned to, uh, you know, 45 minutes. And then 45 minutes turned into, an hour and 18 minute long um, feature. Uh, the plot changed over time. Uh, the, the gist of the story is, or, or the you know the summary is, because um, it's supposed to be kind of goofy and kind of a, a B movie type thing, and um, it's doomed to a colorless existence in a faraway galaxy in 2020. Uh, man will stage a war for freedom in this science fiction B-movie adventure. Uh, when 14-year-old Ophelia Nightflower is kidnapped by aliens, she's taken to a distant planet uh, where male humans are kept as slave laborers and women are used for breeding, human women. Uh, and so the little girl is rescued by an alien hunter and um, his rebellion that's trying to free the humans from these aliens and uh, get back to, I guess, Earth or whatever. Uh, and the question is whether the girl goes home or she stays with them that kind of helped them, you know, win their freedom. Um, and initially, you know, the whole plot with the, the child <laughs> wasn't supposed to be there. But the, the actor who was voicing for the main character, he kind of disappeared. Um, uh-uh. And, you know, to his credit, he did do all of his lines. <laughs> he did everything that was supposed to be involved. And so I told him we were done, and um, he disappeared off the face of the earth. And it turns out, you know, I still had more things that I wanted to do. So to kind of fill in some of the spaces there, I'm, I'm, I created another character, and the story got a little longer. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about doing this on the net. You know, people can just disappear, and you really can't, you know, you can't find them, <laughs> you know. You can't find them. <laughs> and, you know, I, okay. and I had his, we had real world contact, but he, um, he, some things changed in his life and uh, he ended up moving to Kansas from Florida. And uh, so it was a, so I couldn't even find him in the same, same uh, state. And, you know, I just hoped that he would check in and, you know, and he eventually did and helped out some more, but that's kind of how, you know, things went. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was a it was a bit of a journey, uh, and it was funny because you know that was just one of the many you know little mishaps that happened along the way. 
um, that to losing every single file for the movie, which right. is like getting kicked in the gut uh, oh. by a giant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was hard. That, so it's just little things that happen. And what I did on the, the latest update to the DVD is I added commentary so that the viewer, you know, if they want to listen with commentary, they can. And I kind of explain a lot of what happened on the on the DVD. Now, now that's something that really caught my eye initially is the fact that you um, you are marketing your machinima uh, for retail and as a DVD, which, it, you know, I mean, it's been done, but. Um, I've just found it interesting that uh, you've gone that route. How's that going? Um, it's going okay. Um, I haven't marketed as much as I could, and that's because I'm doing a little bit more with the DVD. Um, there, you know, I'm going. I'm, I plan to redo the commentary because the movie changed. Um, some people found the beginning of the movie, the first 15 minutes, hard to follow, and uh, you know, if you can't get it right in the first 15 minutes, people will. Push it, put it aside. So I mm. want it to feel authentic. I don't want it to feel like, um, you know, just something somebody threw together. I want it when a person is buying it and they put in their DVD, you know, they they feel like they're watching something that someone put time and energy to. It should feel authentic. You know, like when you watch a Pixar movie, it won't be as good as, you know, Pixar. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> Pixar, they use... Uh, Render Man, which is their uh, video engine that they use to create it. And, you know, that stuff is like $1,600 to like $3,000 for that for that animation software. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it won't be that good. But, you know, they should feel like they're watching something of quality. And so that mm-hmm. was important to me if I'm going to sell it on a DVD. Mm-hmm. That's most respect for you for that, definitely. Oh, Yeah. We can't do any bootleg stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get a copy and sell it on the street corners, guys. <laughs> no, this bootlegger actually asked me that. He said, can I find your movie online? <laughs> like, are you seriously asking me that, dude? Really? <laughs> you go to Chinatown and see your movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you can't find it online. Cool. You go you go to a house party and they're like, oh, you got this twenty twenty AD that I picked up. Like, what the heck? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I, don't want, I don't want to touch that right now. It's too hot. <laughs> I'm sure Erica will come after you <laughs> personally. Now, also, you are a voice actress as well. Um, now, um, what are some of the projects you voice acted in besides your own? Oh, gosh, I can't even name them because I've done so many. (laughs) And, you know, we were talking about Ring of Time earlier, which is uh, Shirley Martin's project. And I love it. And I was I was talking about a website and you you said, Erica, uh, you're in that. (laughs) Things like that, because I forget the things that I've been voicing for, because I've been doing so many little projects here and there. But I don't I don't do a whole lot of voice acting. I do a lot of writing mostly. Uh, I prefer anything that's behind the scenes. But if it's if there's some type of little project somebody wants me to work on or a bigger one, uh, you know, I'm game for it. I just, you know, the more I can add to uh, my portfolio, you know, it's good with me. And, uh, you know, to, you are voice acting in one of my projects, Mayhem, and you play yeah. your very own PK, Silent Knight's uh, wife in the series. So yeah. she'll be very... Mm-hmm. 
very interesting. When uh, that premieres, I, I like I'm gonna get the cast to come on and talk about it. So, but um, um, so I have to thank you for agreeing to do that. And you're a director's dream because I gave her the script and like. I think it was like an hour later. I had like all the lines back. It was like, wow. <laughs> like wow. I mean, like I gave her like two scripts, and I, you know, you, I'm used to like you know, in a couple, three weeks, maybe a month. You know, you mm. was like right back. I was like, man. Yeah, here you go. I'm right here. I'm all set up. Hey, I love it. <laughs> so um, all that too. <laughs> well, yeah. you're a good voice actress, whether or not you have a lot of experience. I just want to say that. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm trans. Um, but uh, one of the things I'm going to do is I did a, a Stephen King um, Dollar Baby, and I got permission to do that. Oh, wow. And um, so that, that's one of the projects that I have coming up. Uh, one of the things about the Stephen King projects is uh, if it's a Dollar Baby, for anyone that's listening that don't know what those are, it's basically Stephen King's uh, company will allow you to take one of his uh, short stories and make a movie based on it. And, uh, you, yeah, you can't sell it commercially. You know, you can, you can enter it in festivals and you can do that sort of thing. And you pay $1, you know, to option it or what have you. And uh, you can make a movie from it. So uh, I got permission. I got the forms and everything to do uh, a dollar baby. And it's, um, good Lord, I forgot the name of the story. It just left, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, but it's the one about the uh, the teacher with the students. It's called, shoot. <laughs> uh, it's the one with the teacher and the, the who's looking at her class, and she's uh, suspicious that they're aliens or there's some type of monsters, and there's something evil going on with those kids. And the <laughs> darn name just slipped my mind just that fast. But uh, that's the one that I chose and got permission to do. Um, so I'll I'll be doing that and. That'll be the next voice project and um, animation I do. Right. That'll be for that dollar Stephen King dollar baby. Oh, wonderful. That'd be, that'd be interesting to have for a portfolio as well. Oh, yeah. Right, that so, will be. So, um, to see that. An- another thing that I, when doing research, you were supposed to be on the show the end of last season. And when I was doing my research about you, I came across a, a talent that I don't know if a lot of people in the community know that you have, is that you are a singer as well. Yeah, <laughs> I would call myself a singer. I sing. Everybody can sing. It's just a matter of whether you can sing good. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> you had multiple uh, videos of you singing. And um, so is this something that you want to pursue professionally? No way. It's just something I like to do. I'm singing all the time. <laughs> I'm at the computer and I'm just singing. And it's, just, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's almost an annoying habit to sing constantly. And, um, you know, sometimes when I'm bored and I'm between um, projects and I'm, I'm usually in a, in a day when I have free time uh, and I'm working on the different projects, and I, I hit that kind of lull, you know, between one thing and another. I say, oh, I guess I'll record something. <laughs> so <laughs> I just kind of pop, you know, ass it open and say, okay. <laughs> and pull up an instrumental and I'm singing to it. <laughs> so it's just something 
Hey, you get really into it too. I mean, you know, <laughs> you be like, well, you go into the singer's trance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! I like, Man, it was funny. I just happened to, to catch it because I, uh, I think your video. We were talking about this earlier that it was connected to some of your machinima, and then I just happened to catch it. And I was like, oh, she sings too. So you know, yeah. the the question is. If somebody was doing a part that required singing, would you be game for it? Actually, I would. That would be that would be uh, that would be fun. Oh, okay. So all those. I actually, I actually tried it with one of my own before, and it, it was okay. It was difficult to get it, uh, you know, to sync the puppet's lips with the 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 singing, but it, I was able to do it. Oh, okay. I know. Uh, yeah, Shirley. That's a that's a tough thing with movie star, is getting the. Uh, musical numbers getting them to sing uh singing or, you know mm-hmm. you ever been able to do that have you ever done a music video in a uh, movie store uh n- no i um i added some music where the um character was singing to uh one movie i did a long time ago but um yeah unless you have the uh the singing is separate from the music itself Mm-hmm. Oh, well. you, you you can't really match it. Yeah, because this the person's going to open their mouth if the guitar turns on, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It just. Yeah. I, it'd probably I mean, be easier I mean, to rap. Huh. Yeah, that's a little easier. I may actually have a clip of that video. It was a 2020 AD video. Mm-hmm. One of the samples I did uh, very early on. And I, I know it's online, kind of under a private setting, but um, I actually did that uh, in one of the first test videos that I made. So, mm. okay. Now you know some of us, you know, we should definitely stay away from singing, but you can <laughs> you can continue. You, you did a fine job. So, <laughs> you know, and like I said uh, earlier, if you if you are willing to share it on YouTube, you know. You know, you, you must feel strong about you know, what you can do, right? Mm. As, as strong as far as I can do as far as singing? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I hear videos all the time, and sometimes people sing bad. I don't know what I sound like to other people. I just like to do it. Uh, <laughs> and I don't expect a lot of people to see it. Mm-hmm. So, I've, I, you know, I've been really incognito about it. But Oh, so I'm, I'm bringing you out the singing closet. Yeah, you outed me. (laughs) (laughs) Once again. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, oh, and the name of that Stephen King story is Suffer the Little Children. Okay. Um, Mm. Now that it's back in my head there, but uh, it's Suffer the Little Children. uh, And I did a voice um, for another dollar baby, and that's how I got the idea for it was to, uh, it's called Hard Ride. And I did it for um, a writer friend of mine and, so I said, you know, I think I'll give this dollar baby thing a try. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of things. I think people who who are uh, into these movies, I think, you know, in, in making animation and making films, in general, you know, I think that we're all just really creative people. Um, it's our, our outlet, you know. And, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, I write novels. I write romance novels. That's the, the very first thing that I do mm-hmm. um, as a writer. And um, and then for me, film comes next, and then maybe a little voice acting, 
and um, and then the consulting stuff on the side, you know, as, as far as the business end of things um, and uh, publishing, you know. And so those are all the things that I'm into. And it keeps me busy. Um, there is a um, a movie that I'm, I'm doing the rewrite for now, and it's called Bone Crusher. You can actually watch a clip of the, the short. Um, is it about the rapper? Um, it's about. <laughs> I was thinking about him too. <laughs> no, no, it's about a, a fighter. Um, oh, okay. And it's um, I'm not in the chat anymore because I was getting a lot of feedback, so I had to go out of it. But mm-hmm. um, I'll post it here for you. Um, it's called uh, Bone Crusher, and you can actually watch um, a scene from it. And so I'm I'm doing a rewrite for that script. I do a lot of ghost writing. Um, as far as like movies and filmmaking and all that good stuff. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what I'm into right now. So. All right. Now, as a woman, how have you been uh, received in, the uh, in the machinima community? Um, I think I've been embraced. I think, um, I think people have been supportive. Um, and I've, I, I want to give some of that back. Um, I don't always have a lot of time to look at everybody's work, and that's something I want to take the time to do, just kind of check it out. Every now and then I'll stick my head in, so I don't have a lot of time to get kicked in the stomach, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> by anybody. Not that anybody would, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for the most part, I think I think people have been very supportive, and most people don't know I'm female because I go by E. Hughes. You know, I can be Eric Hughes or Edward Hughes or, mm-hmm. you know, uh Edamata do you <laughs> something? You know? So we've we've outed you as a woman as well. <laughs> All your secrets are exposed on this show. <laughs> yeah, I got a little Adam's apple here or something. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> I don't. I assure you, I don't. But um, I think Matt has been very supportive. Um, Matt Kellen. Yeah, founder, uh, Matt the, founder. Uh, the founder of uh, Movie Storm, because I, I, I've seen, um, you know, he, he uh, interviewed me for that article that he did. And I think it was just because uh, uh, the DVD was 20, the 2020 AD DVD was the first uh, commercial, you know, DVD that that they, they were aware of. And um, and so I thought that was a nice honor. And I was really pleased that they acknowledged it. And, um, you know, so I really want to make sure that I'm representing them well if, um, you know, they kind of put it out there. And then I saw something recently that they wrote in December. I think it was some type of article um, that Movie Storm released about, you know, um, some of their um, end users making money with the DVDs. Uh, not DVDs, but with their uh, animation. So. And, and the nice thing about uh, Movie Storm is that you don't have the licensing I- issue that, um, excuse me, a lot of the uh, other, you know, uh, products out there have. You know, what you create is your movie, and that's the way it should be. You know, there shouldn't be, we need, uh, you know, a, a watermark on your movie or, you know, you need to acknowledge us in everything. Uh, so I think that's good. Yeah, and you know that's it's good too because uh, I know Movie Storm's taken its lumps in the past year or so, and so a lot of them were deserved. But it's good to have someone, a user, actually stand up for the company. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, I've I've done my share. You know, I've I've gone to their website and you know, I've gotten into it with people over certain things, you know, just how their their payment structure is for the uh product. I don't care for it. You know, I was just so, you know, dead set against it. And for me, it was just easier to just buy the whole product and not worry about the month-to-month subscriptions. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like people in my business, my face, or or in my bank account, you know, every month. This is just something I find extremely irksome. Uh, so I don't <laughs> like nobody in my account. So I know, I know yeah. how you feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was one of those people that got on there and, you know, I'm like, this is bull, you know. Uh, but that's the one, you know, everything comes with, you know, pros and cons, you know, and they're doing what they can to sell their product. And so I'm with that, whatever they, they need to do. Uh-huh. Well, um, what can we expect from you in the near future? Uh, well, I've been working on some live action things. Um, um, I've been um, and uh, right now, you know, I'm working on. And I think I just sent a link to the to the movie to um, Kente. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I, I posted to Bone it in Crusher. the chat. Yeah, I posted it yeah. in the chat. Um, so you can look at that if you want and let everybody know about it. I'm doing the, the script for that. Um, and it, it's mostly as the, the ghost writer in the background. Uh, the filmmaker uh, behind the movie... Uh, we've we've worked together for years on different uh, projects. And me, mostly behind the scenes, as kind of like a writer who'll give me a script. And, um, you know, everything is in lowercase, (laughs) no descriptions. (laughs) And, you know, just some sparse things here and there, and I turn it into something that they can actually use on a movie set. And we just go from there. Um, That's that's the the most current thing that I'm doing. uh, the other thing is uh, I've been working with um, Crystal Diane Stevens. Uh, she's with Trendy um, Pictures, and um, I'm kind of an associate producer, um, helping out on um, a movie called Crucify You, which is kind of a, a, a thriller-type horror story, and uh, just helping with some marketing things on uh, the other project, which is Organized Criminal. Uh, you can look that up online. Uh, so, you know, I'm doing a lot of live-action stuff. I hope to get back into some animation because that's um, one of my favorite things to do. But it, I can only do it when I have nothing else on the, on the plate as far as books. Um, I have lovelovepublishing.com. Uh, that's love and then a hyphen, lovepublishing.com. And that's um, a publishing company that I started, and we actually have about five books that will go live uh, soon. If I can get enough time to finish the cover artwork for them, we'll go live soon and it'll be available in in, um, different retail outlets. I haven't decided them all, but they they have an established printer and it's going very, very well. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so just just different things that I do. Um, uh, I've been working with um, writers through ScreenWritersDaily.com. I've really toned it down a little bit with some of the the management and consulting stuff um you know i get a lot of stuff every day from people who want me to help them put their pitches together because they have an idea for idea for um animation uh and they want to pitch it to a movie studio and uh they follow some of the stuff that i already have out there but they they want to get feedback on something specific and um i've been doing that for years 
and uh you know people pay you know small fees and things like that or they want me to help them and um i i don't have time for it anymore um so i've pretty much uh kicked everybody to the curb uh except for uh one writer and his name is uh kevin isaacson and um i've been negotiating with icm which is one of the top um um management companies out there it's, um international creative management um and uh just trying to get him i got um patrick warburton uh from the show modern family oh, yeah wow. to read his script yeah oh, so wow. um i had to go through his agents and managers and so they 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 take me seriously as someone presenting this work to them and they're they're getting him to read it and they want to know where we go from here so we have to build that project and um, put it together because you can't just send a script to an actor who's already established and say, um, yeah, we want you to read it. Now, where do we go? Well, we actually have to have something in production <laughs> right. to really get it off the ground. So, um, so it's, it's been a lot of stuff on the business end that I'm doing on the writing end that I'm doing. So I haven't had a whole lot of time for, um, the machinima, uh, Kevin right now is, I'm kind of his, um, He's kind of my Rod Tidwell, Cuba's Rod Tidwell. Right here <laughs> Show me the money. Show me the money. That that's Kevin right now, and I'm I'm Jerry Maguire, and he's he's my lone client. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he's hanging in there with me, and we're getting it done. We we really truly are. And um, there was uh, one other guy, and his name was his product is called Quiddles. And he was the one that kind of made me go off the deep end. We're like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and uh, Quiddles is spelled Q-U-E-E-T-L-E-S. Look it up. It's the most adorable product <laughs> ever. And we put together a cartoon for it. And he had some stuff done before, but we're, we were making a DVD and doing all these things. And the man would call at one in the morning. And that's when I said, uh, I'm done with this stuff. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> um, and he, he actually went with one of the uh, stories that I wrote, and he's actually selling it now. So I'm like, should I, you know, pursue this? But I said, you know what? It's for a good cause. I'll leave it at that, and he can go with it because the man irritates the crap out of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why, you know, it's just uh, that one person now that I'm, I'm working with. I'm not doing anything else for a while. And that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I've been doing. And uh, one other project. I'm a huge, huge, huge kung fu junkie. I love it. <laughs> I watch it. I know every movie out there. Will and, you uh, marry me? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you might get kicked in the head. <laughs> I'm messing with somebody that, you know, like this sort of stuff. But that's my dream project. And that's something I'm actually trying to build now is uh put that project together and um this the script is uh almost complete and so i'm trying to get talent attached to it uh and, and really build that project too so that's my that's my um dream pro project and i hope to do that within a year or so or have it you know the production all set up within a year wow wow you have a lot of great stuff going on. I think you, you have a lot of uh, marriage proposals in the audience. Uh, I think the number one thing is uh, 
Uh, we have one, a warlord who says, uh, wow, I'm in love. An actress who gets the lines in fact. Sounds great. Be still my heart. Likes <laughs> 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 kind ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> thank you so much. Line forms to the left. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Erica, for coming on the show. Uh, you know, um, guys, check it out. There's 2020 AD. Um, you know, it'll be available, I, I imagine, soon, right? In a few months. Um, 2020 ideas has been out for a year. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the new, the, uh, the, the, re- oh, the new, yeah, it should be out very soon. Uh, it's just a matter of when I get the, the advertisements on the DVD in the special section. Um, and that can happen. The movie is already complete. The DVD is already set up. And if I if I don't get the ads in there in time, I'm just going to go live with it within a month and a half or so. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and, you know, if you have anything else that you need to promote or anything, please, you know, share it with us. We'll make sure we get it out there to uh, the audience. Will do. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Especially, yeah. if, you, especially if you need uh, actors or any type of digital talent attached because... I'm a whore for original roles. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to take I'm you sure, up on that. <laughs> as I'm sure many people in the audience are as well, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, th- this was uh, the show. Uh, um, I'd like to thank you, uh, PK, uh, Shirley, and Ken, uh, filling, in, filling in for Monk. Thank you, Ken. Um, this is going to be, as I said, uh, the last show for a while for until July 14th. Um, and, um, right. Programming note is in second life, we will be showing airing, um, Darth Angelus's, uh, finale of Chronicles of Humanity in the university of Western Australia's, uh, amphitheater. Uh, it'll start momentarily. Um, so I put in the chat room the way you can uh, get there. Just click the link. Um, we're going to be showing episode eight, which is the season finale of Chronicles of Humanity. It, it was supposed to be Monday, but there were some technical issues. So uh, we're doing it today or tonight. So um, I, I have to say, uh, um, from everybody here, um, our good friend Chris62, as you may know, um, lost his son today. And I just want to. Uh, put my personal condolences out to him. I'm sure uh, everybody here feels the same way, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, an unfortunate accident that happened uh, to his son, his oldest son, or his only son, uh, Chris 62. And, um, you know, so everybody, uh, please pray for him and his family in, in this tough time. So, uh, in, uh, so uh, at University of Western Australia, we'll be showing the film and I will see you in three weeks on the spotlight. So everybody take care. All right. Share, share me.
Total 